This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Players Only with Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes. Nice slant route. This is a business decision. You know you're going to take a lump. And former linebacker Sean Barber. There's a thing called street justice. You take care of yours. Yeah. You take care of your family. Take care of your chicken. Take care of your money. <laughs> On your official broadcast partner, the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Ho, ho, ho. We are back. On the show. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I heard you singing on the uh, on Bing show. Actually, that's Carrington show. Bing stepping in. We no, don't want the, right. we, we don't want Bink that show. business on this show. No, you're right. It was Bing. Contrary show. to Bing, he allowed you <laughs> and your non in tune behind to sing, and we are not going to entertain that tonight. After being off for a week. Thursday night game. We are back. Players only in the building. We got Sean Barber, a.k.a. Barbershop. Bam, bam, bam. My man Joe Mays. Shout out for the holidays. Shout I gotta out give my for man Joe Mays. Indeed. Mazie. The Leia Center. Always, man. Incredible massage. Uh, what is it? Uh, cryotherapy. All of that. All that wellness. Wellness Mental stuff. Wellness, all that, man. Check out Joe Mays. You still got gift cards to get. Go check them out. My wife has gone down there. For multiple services, and they do an outstanding job. Remember, and this is Danon Hughes. We got Barbershop, who's a former linebacker, and I am a former wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is Players Only back for a Steelers week. Remember, Jay Southland Toe Service text line is open 913 576 7610 each and every week or each and every opportunity we are here. We are brought to you by our friends at US Bank. Whatever your passion, US Bank can help. Turn it into your next pursuit. All right, Barbershop, it is Christmas time. I got my Christmas hat on. I got my Christmas colors on. And you are dressed like a Scrooge. <laughs> Bar humbug. Now, you, you got I six kids. That's right. I got five kids. I got three grandkids. You're supposed to be in the Christmas spirit. I know your amazing wife probably handles 98% of the Christmas responsibilities. You'd be my correct. wife. You'd be correct. 
handles 98.5% of the Christmas responsibilities. And we are definitely blessed indeed. Julio, we know your wife handles 98.76328 of the Christmas responsibilities. So we are all three blessed here around these Christmas holidays. Uh, For everyone out there, definitely have a blessed and Merry Christmas. Uh, But we got football to talk about. Yeah, man, let's talk about what's going on. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. It seems like it's been forever since this Chiefs team has played. But we got a recap in the first quarter of this show. We got to recap the last game, which was about, what, four weeks ago when they played the Chargers on Thursday night football. And came away with the victory. I'm going to be honest, man. I don't even know where to start with this because I've seen so much football since that. that since, since we took care of business. We had Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, no, we had Saturday canceled. So we had Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, football. Man, football overload, but I love it. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every second of it. I, don't, I mean, I don't care about the circumstances that made it. If every week could be a Thursday night game with a Saturday, then Sunday, Sunday night, Monday, the doubleheader on Monday, then the simultaneous games on Tuesday. Man, I, I was, yeah, I was, I was immersed in football all weekend long, and I loved it. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, so, and you know, this time of the year is special for many reasons. One, you got playoff implications, mm. you got fantasy football, you got survivor leagues, you got all these different ancillary things that uh, all come in the big package of why the NFL is you know, what baseball used to be, America's pastime. Yeah, everybody knows it's football now. I mean, we can – It's different. Yeah, we can call it, call it call a spade a spade when it comes down to it. But like we said, like, like all right, that Chargers game, man, we, we, we went into hostile territory. Obviously, the team took a trip out to L.A., and we, was, we knew that that game was – Living, dying, L.A. If we did not come back home with a victory, the uh, Chargers would have a two-game lead upon us and pretty much a lock on the AFC West – Especially with their schedule. Especially with their schedule. I mean, they, they don't probably have another loss in that schedule. And so we knew we if there was a chance for us to win the AFC West for a consecutive time, it was going to come down to Thursday night football. Um, they had their best guys. We had our best guys. Went down to the end. Both teams, I think, uh, uh, maybe went, went for some things, chasing points early in the game they would, with, with some uh, revisiting. It might have hindsight 2020. Uh, but let's talk about that. Let's talk about how many times that the Chargers go for it, thinking it was going to be, it was going to take a forty-point effort to beat Pat Mahomes in our offense. Yeah, there's so many storylines that came from that game, and I, like I said, I think for the fans, maybe it's been such a long time ago that you remember, you don't remember all the intricate details of how that game unfolded. I personally can appreciate a coach sticking to their guns. If you from OTAs to mm-hmm. preseason to regular season, early on, crucial games, primetime games, interdivision games, etc., are the same. You've been in that locker room. I've been in that locker room. Once we buy into something, what we ask is be consistent. Yeah. Because the inconsistency can tell a story in regards to, oh, you don't believe in us on the offensive side. Oh, what you do, you don't think our defense can stop anybody. Yeah. So if you make the premise and say, we're going to live and die by going up for it on fourth down, anytime we are at the 40-yard line, mm-hmm. our 40-yard line, or towards the 50, or definitely in enemy territory on the field, 
we're going for it on fourth down and six or less. Like, that's what you set as the standard. Uh, for me as a wide receiver, when I played in the West Coast offense with Paul Hackett, Jimmy Ray, we brought it over with Joe Montana and Steve Bono and Rich Gannon and all those guys, 12-yard hook meant 12-yard hook. Five-step out meant five-step out. Three-step slant meant three-step slant. All of those things, like, we bought into, this is our offense. This is what you want me to do. This is where I'm going to be. I'm supposed to line up on the outside of the numbers. I'm supposed to line up on the inside of the numbers. Uh, I'm supposed to have my inside foot back or my inside foot forward as a wide receiver. I'm supposed to go dig out this linebacker on a whack block. I'm supposed to dig out this safety, Rodney Harrison, Steve Atwater, whoever, on these crackbacks. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm conditioned to do. But also know that whatever you say you're going to do, you better do. Yeah, That's pretty much the mindset. I always say coaches are the best brainwashers. I used to like the Raiders when I grew up. And when I got here, Marty Schoenheimer brainwashed me to hate the Raiders, and I still do. <laughs> they are the best brainwashers. I think back to my high school coaches in Bayonne, New Jersey. Shout out to the Bayonne Bees. I, 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 I think about my college coaches, and Bill Snyder was my offensive coordinator at Iowa before he moved on and did great things at K-State. And I think about all, Bill Snyder, uh, a lot of different coaches that did amazing things, but they all brainwashed me some way. And now you have Brandon Staley in, in, in Charger land that's saying, hey, I don't look like a football player. I don't look like, a, I don't look like what, Dan Campbell <laughs> in, in Lions country. I'm he not going to be crying and he biting kneecaps. Bite kneecaps. But what I am going to do is we're going to go for it on fourth down. And I, well, I think the best thing about it, like you said, Dana, is he has the team supported. And, and so all three phases know it. You don't have to, you don't have a, a punter out there kind of getting like, are we going for it? No, yeah. everybody knows that we are going for it, and it also allows the offense, I think, to if, be very effective on third down. Mm-hmm. When you're like you're saying, if you're as a, let's say it's third and seven, and you're supposed to run a five yard hitch, well, you don't think about extending that to seven yards, True. trying to get to the sticks, and now it becomes that. Who like who's right? Who's wrong? Was I as a receiver? Am I supposed to get the first down? And the quarterback supposed to know that? No, no. We just continue to run the offense because once you get the ball in your hands, either you go make the first down or you already know we're going for it on fourth down anyway. So everybody can run their their routes precise. Everybody knows it, you don't have to extend the ball and, and become vulnerable to uh, uh, fumble anything. Um, just get get what the offense that play is supposed to get. Let us as an offense worry about getting the fourth down. And then if we don't get it, hey, a defense knows about it. They know they're going to have to come to the midfield a few times during the ball game and make a stop. And it makes you less um, predictable. Yeah. Because in third down, what we consider third down and medium is third down and four to six. Third and long is eight plus. So in a third and eight situation on the 45-yard line, you are normal situations where a team would normally punt. You know, that's the history of the football game. If you don't make it on third down, you're going to punt. In that situation, third down is actually second down. Mm-hmm. Because I can run the ball because I know I'm going to go for it on fourth down. I can pass the ball on a safe pass, know that I'm going for it on, a, on, on fourth down. And I can even throw a deep pass. Because I still know I'm going for it on fourth down. So it opens up the door for your entire playbook to be in play when you're in third and medium, while in previous seasons or with other teams, you say third and medium, you're a defensive guy, you pinning your ears back and you going after the quarterback because you know they pro- either they're going to run a screen 
or they're going to run a conventional pass, but they probably are not going to run the ball because they know if they get four yards, they're going to punt. Yeah, and defensively, you're, you're just playing the sticks all the time. You're playing the sticks, whatever the, the, the to-go is, whether it's you know, third and four or third and seven, you, you're playing your defense based upon not, you know, I'm defending the first down marker. Well, with Brandon Staley and the way they do things, you can't. You you got to defend. You got to play each down. Yeah. You got to play third down for just what it is, and then play that fourth down for what it is. And, and luckily, not luckily, but I guess our guys were coached up to prepare for that because we kept making big plays every fourth down, whether it was the stops in the five yard line underneath Willie Gay making the yep. big stop on the fourth down. Um, um, Nick Bolton Nick making Bowen. a um, um, Sorensen yep. coming off the edge right before half. So those those plays were were, were made, and it, and it allows our team to really build some momentum. And I think that's the one negative about going for it on fourth down is that I think what offensively what you gain by by, by keeping that possession, the one time you don't get it, the now all shifts. that momentum shifts to that other team. And unless you have a defense that is really really good at um, what they call it. Um, the, the the change yeah when it, when it's the, you know the the, the change the, when, the, when when the offense has changed the defense um, in change that moment, of possession yeah that change your possession their defense I just I don't feel like their defense rises to the occasion the way that a team needs to if you're gonna go for it that many times yeah. on fourth down and and also you got to factor in that when you go for it on fourth down you kind of know from an offensive perspective exactly what you're going for. And as a defense, you can plan. So Steve Spagnolo can dictate second down, third down. He just have a he just has to have a different mindset. Mm-hmm. And the the whole premise of old school football, going for it on third down, punt on fourth down, is old school mindset. And it's also a hindsight mindset because at the end of the day, you can't say at the, in the same breath. Hey, you don't win football games by kicking field goals. But then say going for it on fourth down is wrong. Kick field goals. Like you can't have it both ways. So, yeah, there are teams that can balance, but like who's to say that a fourth down conversion in the first quarter is less important than a fourth down conversion in the fourth quarter? Say that if you give it up on downs right before half, that's more important than third down when you have a situation where you go for it on fourth down and you give it up. But now, like we, like we did, the Chargers had the ball on the one-yard line and moved the ball all the way to the other one-yard line and 20, didn't come away with any points. 20 plays. 20-play drive, moved it 90, what, 98 yards and didn't come away with any points. Who's to say that drive wasn't more important than a drive before the half or a drive at the end of the game. That's where the hindsight factor comes in, and you have to recognize you can't have it both ways. So I like the consistency. We're talking a lot about the Chargers, and they lost because I think the Chargers are still one of the top four teams in in the AFC conference, uh, and they are forced to be reckoned with. Now they have an attitude. I don't think just like teams wouldn't want to play us, I don't think they'd want to play them, even if they have to play on the road. Let's face it, the Chargers don't have a big fan support, so playing on the road is no different than playing at home for them uh, On outside of just maybe being cold weather versus warm weather. But uh, that was a great win, seven straight wins. Who would have thought seven 
eight weeks ago when we were sub 500 and people were calling for Patrick Mahomes to be benched, Andy Reid to be on the hot seat, Eric Bieniemy, which I'll talk more about that, but I will say this. I didn't appreciate. I think there's more to this and we can tackle it later if we got time. I didn't personally appreciate that when the offense was fluttering, it was Eric Bieniemy, but when the offense is proficient, proficient, it was Andy Reid. Let's keep it consistent, just like we talked about with Brandon Staley. <laughs> if it's going to be one side, let it be one side. If it's going to be the other side, let it be the other side. Let's not start pointing fingers conveniently to, to opposite people when it's good versus bad. With that being said, that's the end of our first quarter of the show. Barbershop and I, players only, first quarter is over. When we come back in the second quarter, we got a mixed bag. We got times yours as well as let's talk about these COVID issues as well as some Pro Bowl snubs. We're going to talk more about that in second quarter. This is Players Only with Dana Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. We're back, players only, back in the building. Sean Barber and I'm Danon Hughes. We're in the second quarter. Just like each and every week, we are brought to you by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. As we mentioned in the first quarter, we're, we want to tackle these first. I want to I get into, uh, you know, we got the text line open. Jay Southland, Toe Service text line, 913-576-7610. The phone lines are open at the same number as well. Give us a call. We got the Times Yours segment coming up in the third quarter. But Barbershop, uh, we see, actually, we got some activity on the text line. You sitting there playing your playing on your phone. I'm trying to do some research. I'm trying to get a little. You're supposed uh, to do the research before the show. Check, right, man. We we do what we do, man. We play this thing off the cuff, off the. You know what I'm saying? At the, least you're not in the bathroom for this segment. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Let's talk about the text line. Do you think the Chiefs <laughs> will try and pressure Big Ben by sending more than four consistent order? To, I don't. I don't think that the Steelers' offensive line is. Let me say. I don't say good enough, but I don't think they warrant you sending extra bodies to, to get to Big Ben. I think that our guys up front, um, Chris Jones, um, Melvin Ingram, Frank Clyde, I think we got enough dogs already um, um, there that can get to um, immediate pressure on Big Ben. I think the thing you got to worry about Big Ben is his double move. He, he, he is phenomenal at doing this long pump, pump and hold on to the ball. Mo- most quarterbacks have, have been trained never to pump with one, with one hand because you don't want to lose the ball and make it a fumble, but he does this long, elongated one-arm uh, ball fake, and then he goes to the other side of the field. So obviously, whenever you're in a man zone, anything like that, um, you're coached your entire life on defense to go on the long arm of the quarterback. And when that quarterback uh, long arms it, you break to where the potential receiver is. And so he gets a lot of teams on double moves, and um, it leaves receivers wide open down the field for big gains. I think you just got to be very um, – you got to watch the film a lot and realize that's just something that's really unique to him and just continue to stay uh, sound in your coverage. Discipline, yep. Discipline in your coverage um, and only break once the ball actually leaves his hand. Um, and that, and that, that, that's allowed them to come back in the second half of a lot of ball games with that. And you look at the stats, Big Ben, or specifically the Steelers, have been sacked on offense 33 times. They are tied for 19th in the NFL in regards to being sacked. 
Uh, conversely, the Chiefs are tied for sixth with being sacked just 25 times. So we around the Chiefs kingdom, we obviously have made a lot about maybe some some issues that the offensive line have had at different times, whether it's Lucas Niang or Orlando Brown, who got voted to a Pro Bowl. Uh, seemed like there was pressure consistently on Patrick. Uh, but, you know, we are sixth in the NFL in sacks on offense. So remember, the text line is open, 913-576-7610. Barbershop. We got the Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah. We got the stars being represented or representing the Chiefs as uh, garnering the Pro Bowl votes. Uh, Travis Kelsey being one of the top vote getters uh, in the country. and But we also have the snubs. Yeah, man. And, you know, obviously when you get – everybody kind of knows Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and then, like I mentioned, Orlando Brown – Chris Jones. Um, Chris Jones. Yeah. Like those are the five guys that just jump out to you that would be representing the Chiefs in the Pro Bowl. But there's some on the Chiefs as well as around the league that snubbed. I remember, and I'd love I'd love to hear your stories because you and I both played in I guess somewhat different eras. Right at the end of my career, that's when you came in. Yeah, you're old, I'm young. Keep going. I wasn't gonna say that, but I'm I'm like a fine wine. You're like you're like Cisco. I'm or box Ripple. wine. I'm the box wine. You're box wine. I'm fine wine. I like that. There we go. And um, like I remember guys. Like you know, I don't think it'd be, you know, it's wrong for me to mention. I remember Tim Grunhardt feeling like he got, you know, passed over because of us having Will Shields. And I remember Will Shields started. Will Shields did not start the first game of our rookie year. We were both uh, rookies together, both drafted together. We played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He did not start that game, but he started the next game and subsequently, I believe, almost the rest of his career, consistent games on consecutive games. And you can make an argument that he probably should have been a Pro Bowl or as a rookie. Um, then you had Dave Zott, who garnered Pro Bowl uh, votes and opportunities. You had... At the left tackle, John Alt, who also represented the Chiefs in the Pro Bowl. But it always seemed like Grunhard kind of got passed over. And I remember times where he seemed to be pissed off in the locker room. And, you know, there are guys that have walked out of meetings. They wouldn't necessarily make a stink about it, but you kind of knew mm-hmm. that they kind of felt it. And um, you felt bad for those kind of players because you knew they gave their heart and soul. And there was also money on the line, bonuses you know, opportunities to utilize that in negotiations and so on. But Creed Humphrey, Legereus Sneed, um, I, I think you can make an argument for Tommy Townsend. Um, there are several guys that seem to have gotten passed over Trey Smith um, on this Chiefs team. And I, I'm interested, in, you know, during your era, you know, you played with Tony Gonzalez. I played with Tony. You played with Tony. We, You know, Casey Wiegman, part of some great offensive lines and, and great offensive production. And there were times where Tony got voted in when maybe he shouldn't have or should have or didn't get voted in. Casey should have gotten voted in at times. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's those different kind of swirling emotions and feelings for your teammates as well as yourself. 
So let's yeah, well, let's talk about the guys that, that kind of uh, transcended both for our, our careers. And so, like the Tracy, the, the the Casey Wigmans of the world, being a center part of one of the greatest offensive lines in Chiefs history, not if, not maybe even NFL history. Um, the, the offensive line we had here was great, mm-hmm. right? And it, it was it was it was it was. I mean, somebody in a in a situation where there's five individuals collectively that is is so dominant. Once somebody in that offensive line has to be seen or deemed as like not as good as the other guys, and so when you have um, uh, Will Shields and you have uh, um, man, the 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 the, the all time guys they Willie had on Rolf. Willie Rolfson, um, um, fifty four. Oh, Brian uh, Waters. Brian Waters and John Tate. When you when you list those four, you, you almost think anybody could have been the center. And that, yeah. and so it's it's not a it's not a it's not a uh, um, backslap or it's not a detriment to to Casey. He was just part of a group of guys that did those other four guys were just very very good at what they did, and collectively, they they gained a lot more respect than they do even on the individual level. And um, it almost shows that how the disrespect of the center position, because oh, yeah. it almost seems like both of our stories are about passed over centers. And we know in the Chiefs' kingdom how valuable they were. 100%. Casey, I went to college with Casey. He was a freshman when I was a senior at Iowa. And we knew, like, even though he wasn't Casey Wigman, the, the double-digit, I think it was 15- or 16-year vet in the NFL, and, and Tim Grunhard, a second-round pick, like, you knew, we knew internally how great those guys yeah. were. And it was yeah. just unfortunate that nobody else outside the locker room recognized that. Yeah, but if you ask those two guards, right, if you ask Will Shield and um, Brian Waters, Brian Waters mm-hmm. how good Casey is, they would probably say he is the best center like, in, that, in, that, in that span. So um, that's, the, that's the respect he was trying to gain. And I remember when we played, our offensive line had things where if, you're, if your name was said on the news radio, <laughs> you got fined. Fine, like, yeah. it, was, it was a fine jar for your name. Anytime you got isolated or pointed out individually as an offensive lineman, that was like an insult because they, 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 they did everything so collectively as a group and the, 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 respected, the, the respect that they gained and garnered around the league um, as a group was, was, was an all-time great because that's what those guys cherished and stuff. But um, you talk about Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez played 17 years in the NFL. First two seasons were um, um, terrible. <laughs> Charles Barkley, terrible. First two seasons, a lot Hands of like feet. I think a lot of drops. I played with him those two years. Uh, we can say it. He had boxing he was, gloves on. He was, com- he was he was coming into his own. I think that's he was, what you say. He was coming. Into, he was trying to realize what it meant to be a pro. And then that third season is when he hit his stride. Yep. And for from that season until the end of his career, right? So for that, so 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 fifteen straight seasons, there was only one season. In those 15 straight where he didn't get to the Pro Bowl. And the numbers in that 2009 season, which was his first year with Atlanta, I don't think his numbers were that far off of all those other years. It's just that when he went to the NFC, there were some dogs already there, right? There mm-hmm. was Jason Witten already there. Um, there were, there were, some, there were some, some tight ends that were already there gaining a lot of uh, notoriety. And so because he had went from the AFC to the NFC, um, that, 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 that respect wasn't, he, he just took him a year to, to, to realize, oh, he's still TG, yeah. he's still Tony Gonzalez. And then he got right back on that pro bowl train, um, and, and stayed on it for the rest of his career. So, um, I, I think that even if you asked him, there was probably a few of those seasons where he looked at some other guys and said, yeah, I, I probably wasn't the best in the AFC that, that? one year, mm-hmm. but 
I've done so much collectively in my career, I earned that, that, uh, right. that, that, that right. As long as I stayed near 100 receptions, 1,000 yards, and 10 touchdowns, those were the key marks that he stayed uh, hovering around his entire career, no matter who was the quarterback. I would also add, before we go to break, I'd also add Mark McMillan was the third corner, Mighty Mouse, back in 97, where I think he led the NFL in interceptions and did not mm. garner Pro Bowl uh, a Pro Bowl vote or a nod. Now, um, he was a backup corner. He was the third corner because we had James Hasty and Dale Carter. But he still led the NFL in interceptions, and I believe he had even two or three pick sixes and did not go to the Pro Bowl. And then early in his career here with Kansas City, he was a veteran when he came to Kansas City from the Jets, James Hasty. Because on the other side, we had Dale Carter. Dale. <laughs> and Dale was locking down people. Yeah, it wasn't that James wasn't good, but Dale was, Dale was so, so much nasty. better. And, and unless you are, uh, uh, you know, a top seed, you know, Number one defense, you probably are not just going to have two corners go to the Pro Bowl. Exactly. Just like you're not going to have three offensive linemen go to any Pro Bowl. So it's you know it's kind of one of those deals where guys get got passed over, not necessarily because they were bad. It's just because the numbers mm -hmm. didn't align in those situations. But I feel bad for Legarius Sneed. I feel bad for Creed Humphrey. Feel bad for Nick Bolton. Um, I think there are those guys that definitely got passed over. Tommy Townsend, Harrison Bucker, he's in a no-win situation because you got Tucker from the Ravens that just, he's the best. I mean, what do you say? So in that, you know, these guys will use that as fuel, just like we as players, we always use things as fuel for upcoming games, trying to gain respect, gain notoriety, and I'm sure it'll bode well for us as an organization going forward. All right, that's the end of the second quarter. When we come back, the time is yours. 913-576-7610. Call uh, in, text in. We got a bunch of texts that we're going to tackle in that third quarter. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. And we're back, Players Only. And it is the special segment of the week. Time, George. Time, George. Let's do it. Barbershop, we got the text line open, 913-576-7610. We also got the phone lines open. Call in, text in. We want to tackle it for this segment. All right, we're quickly says, Barber, you are a linebacker. I still am a linebacker. That's something I do for life. So <laughs> it says, Barber, you are a linebacker. I am a Tiger fan. M I Z Z O U. Just wondering if you, uh, what your thoughts are about Bolton. Um, is he the real deal? And do you think he'll uh, stay in Kansas City for the long haul? Well, I would like to think that everybody we draft here um, is, is destined to be a lifelong um, uh, Chiefs player. Uh, I do understand the nature of free agency and the position. Um, I think he is playing way beyond his years. He's playing beyond his contract. Those are the picks you love to have. Um, you, you love to get as much um, statistically out of an individual um, before their contracts is due. And the, the reason we, 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 we put guys on the field is to make plays. He's a playmaker. Um, whether he understands the entire playbook defensively or not right now is probably um, a reason you would think that his, his snap counts get limited. Um, the, the games he does play the entire game is because uh, somebody else is out, either injury to Hitchens, injury to Willie Gay. 
and those are the positions where he's been kind of thrust into a role where he's playing 40-plus snaps. The normal role he has is is is, is more rundowns uh, because we know that in the passing game, that's probably where some of his limitations do arise. Uh, but he's a young player. He can get better at those things, realizing why stick, um, why seam, and, and how to play those 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 routes a little bit better um, as he gets older in his career. But right now, for, for a young man, over 100 tackles and 10 tackles for loss. The only guy in the NFL with those two statistics. Mm-hmm. I would say, man, that the guy is balling out. He's doing his thing. No matter what college he went to, uh, we got to find ways to get that young man on the field because he's a playmaker. And the fact that he, even though he wore the black and gold, he wasn't a Hawkeye, you know, we'll still forgive him. But he did. he's doing a great job uh, with the Chiefs, and I think the sky's the limit. Anytime you can have those kind of numbers, that kind of production – and the big playmaking, he's changed not only the way uh, we've played as a linebacking core, but how other guys are playing. I mean, not a knock to Anthony Hitchens, who's a Hawkeye, go Hawks, but you didn't, you very rarely saw Hitchens working downhill, making plays in the backfield, or at least trying to go for tackles like Derek Johnson used to. I think we've been missing that element. And once Nick Bolton showed for consecutive games that he can do it, then that opened the door even for a wily veteran like Anthony Hitchens to say, oh, I can attack the line, line of scrimmage as opposed to just scraping sideways to sideways and allowing an offensive lineman to get a, get a block on me. Let me beat them to the hole. And we've seen Anthony Hitchens' game step up because of Nick Bolton. So that effect doesn't just show statistically. It shows in effect how he's affecting his other teammates as well, yeah. Have, having instincts and experience is not always a great thing at a linebacker. Sometimes you've seen enough to kind of make you hesitate. You, yeah. You've seen so many plays. When we talk about a linebacker getting lost in the wash, that means sometimes you take a, a, a angle that's so aggressive, you get lost in the wash, and, and then you can't find the running back. So that's not always a great thing, and that's not a great feeling as a linebacker. Um, Bolton sometimes doesn't know. He doesn't know enough to, to know. He that's don't the know wrong what thing. he don't know. And, and once the wash clears, what do you say? Well, sometimes when the smoke clears. Mm-hmm. When the smoke clears, it's just him and the running back, and he surprises the running back sometimes and makes these tackles for loss, mm-hmm. which ends up being great plays. But sometimes, from a from an experience standpoint, yeah, you you would tell a linebacker really don't don't shoot your gun right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, we don't know if you you don't know where you're going to end up. You don't know what your D lineman is going to do with this kind of look. So just play it safe. Wait for it to the running back to clear. Make you make a decision, and then you react off of him. Uh, Bolton doesn't do that. He just goes and makes plays in the backfield, and that's a great, you know. That, that you know, sometimes you just don't know. So from the seven, so from the seven three two, it's time to officially thank the New York Giants for this turnaround. I don't know if I want to go that far. Why? What we gotta thank them for? I wouldn't. They were feeble. What they, they who they were who we <laughs> thought they were. Thanking who for what? And we a, didn't let him off the hook. That's a low key giant fan that's transplanted here into Kansas City or something, man. I don't, I don't know. I ain't think. Yeah, if you if you're not in this locker room, I'm not thinking you. I'm thinking Andy Reid. I'm thinking Eb. I'm thinking Spagnola. I'm thinking my teammates. I got a lot of people to think before I start thinking the Giants. Yeah, we're not we're not thinking the Giants on this show. Mm-mm. I think that's somebody from Jersey, but that's all right. That's your friends calling in. My friend, that's my friends. Yeah, that's your family, Jersey. They they're not Giants fans. I I don't program them. They, unfortunately, some of them are are still Cowboys fans. I guess I got a few Giants fans, but uh, yeah, we we're not thanking them. They just who we thought they were, and we didn't let them off the hook. Shout out to 
Rest in peace, Denny Green. All right, 816. From the 816, Troy Aikman had Hall of Fame wide receivers, running back and tight end, and coach, just like Mahomes. But I've heard people criticize Pat for being on the same position, saying, I need to see him win without Hill and Kelsey. Pat's numbers will by far eclipse Troy's. So why do you think Pat gets done gets done so much hate? Well, one, Pat hasn't won three straight Super Bowls. He hasn't had the career in length and consistency as Troy Aikman. So although we and most people around football will say, if you had to stop right now, who was hot, who was better? You'd say Patrick Mahomes was a better quarterback. But until you win three straight Super Bowls and, and you do it when everybody is shooting their guns at you, then I can understand people at least saying, well, Troy Aikman had this and had that and had these Hall of Fame and Jimmy Johnson and, and, and Switzer and, and, you know, all those different excuses. But the fact remains is that we're still early. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just 26 years old. Yeah. And let's remember that. And I think we get spoiled in the Chiefs kingdom and around the country because I saw a tweet today that talked about how Patrick Mahomes, you know, he still has numbers higher than some of the greats that are in the Hall of Fame. And because we had seen some, some, you know, different things early in the season, uh, here's a tweet here at Lance the Spoken said, Patrick Mahomes is having a season uh, of career worsts, yet his completion percentage is higher than Aaron Rodgers' career percentage. His passing yards per game would finish second all-time behind himself. QB rating is higher than Kurt Warner and Joe Montana's career rating, but he's still... Patrick Mahomes' worst is still Hall of Fame worthy. Let's recognize the numbers. If you take the name away, look at the numbers, look at the production, look at the impact, and you'd still say Patrick Mahomes is top shelf, and he's going he's gonna to remain to be there. The text line is brutal. They said Troy, Troy's numbers were trash. That's how, <laughs> that's how like my son Noah talking about NBA players. He always talking about somebody is trash. I said, this, this man is in the NBA, NBA. plan, and you calling him trash? Now, come on, Troy Aikman's. I don't. I mean, his numbers are what they are. He was playing in the in a league when it when it wasn't pass happy. Yeah, everybody ran the uh, the NFC East was f- crazy with the run numbers. Everybody ran well, the ball. Emmitt Smith. Emmitt Smith. Emmitt broke Smith. The rushing record with the offensive line they had. He he didn't get touched until he was five yards. <laughs> and I and I was I was on the defense side most of the time. I'm um, going sideline to sideline trying to avoid that offensive line to try to make a tackle on Emmitt. Uh, we didn't worry about Troy Aikman. Um, uh, you was worried about not giving up uh, 150, 200 yards to Emmitt Smith. So, yep. um, and and that's the one thing. Uh, Troy, he he's in, he's a Hall of Famer because of Super Bowl rings. Yeah, it was. It's not his statistics that got him there. It's the fact that he was the quarterback of a team that um, is part of a dynasty. But I would also say, to me, there's an aspect of a Hall of Fame vote. Can you tell a story about a set a certain segment of career or a segment? a window of time in the NFL, a window of time in the NBA, a window of time in Major League Baseball, could you tell the story without mentioning them? Mm. And to me, Troy Aikman garners that. Because you can't tell the story of the early 90s football or actually the 90s in general football in the NFL without talking about Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Emmitt Smith. And that's why they are in the Hall of Fame. We got the phone line open. Jamaican Ken, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? Merry Christmas, man. Happy New Year to you, brother. Yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, brother. Merry Christmas, my man. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, I know y'all in the fourth quarter. You ready to put the hammer down? <laughs> I, 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 I not like yet. It. Not yeah. yet. We're not in the fourth quarter yet, Jamaican Ken. Oh, oh yeah, the third quarter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so I'm just um, just want to concern about some of the referee calls. <laughs> Time we don't talk about the chief too much because we know what they're going to do. But I think if we have the the wrong referee, they're going to cause us to they're going to uh, help us lose the game because of some of those calls. You know, you can't hit nobody in the head, which is, you know, that's understandable. But, no, you can't hit them on the lower part either. So where can you hit them? <laughs> yeah, I understand. I appreciate you, J- Jamaican Ken, and you have a blessed and Merry Christmas as well. Thanks for the call. But you're right. The target zone, Barbershop, you would know better than me. The The target zone is shorter and shorter. And, you know, that can be a definitely – I'd like to tackle that co- um, that comment or that ta- topic next week. Uh, regarding the strike zone, because you have Kenny Galladay um, that went out. I believe it was Galladay, right? Galladay that went out with the knee injury for the Buccaneers. Oh no, that was no, um, um, not Galladay. Um, Godwin. Godwin. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin goes out with the knee injury for the Buccaneers, and Tom Brady is vocal about always. Uh, you know, Tom Brady being taking Tom away Brady. those hits, but then you take away the, the hits to the upper body and the head. We're going to talk more about that next week, but we got to get to the fourth quarter because we got a a Steelers team coming in, a very dangerous Steelers team. We got a few more texts to try to tackle, but we want to talk about this matchup before we get to Christmas. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Fourth quarter, and we're back. It is the last show before the Christmas holiday. We got Sean Barber, and I am Danon Hughes. We just got finished with the Time's Yours segment. We love that segment. Time's Yours. Each and every week as we get the fans, Jamaican Ken, Dan, so many others that call in, and a lot of great text messages from not just here in the Chiefs kingdom, but all across the country. And we really appreciate it. Definitely thankful for that. I, I um, do miss the caller with all the energy, though. The guy that usually calls. I think that's energy, Dan, right? Dan calls in every yeah. week with all that energy. I do I, I say, like, man, I hope you're doing well. Hope, yeah. hope, hope, hope it's nothing wrong because I do look forward to his call on Thursdays. But uh, he comes with all that energy. Oh, yeah, though. he comes strong, he too. It. Well, each and every week we're brought to you by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help. Turn it into your next pursuit. Barbershop is the fourth quarter. We went a little long. Go figure. In the Times Your segment. So we only got a few minutes, and I want to tackle the Steelers matchup. Okay. Let's do what we do, man. Listen, the Steelers are a formidable defense. That's where it comes. The offensively, the offensive line is a shell of itself. They have a – man, they got an amazing running back with Harris. Uh, he can definitely get it done, both catching the ball and running the ball. He runs hard, but he it's kind of like Barry Sanders was. Not to say he's Barry Sander-ish, but he is running behind a, a shadow of an offensive line that doesn't really do a good job. Uh, protecting Ben or making holes for Harris. Um, the wide receiver group, they, they, I mean, across the board, they got guys that can get it done. Uh, Johnson, um, um, Claypool, those guys can get it done. Uh, Big Ben is very long in the tooth. He holds the ball way too long, which sometimes makes that clock go off in your mind when you're trying to guard somebody. You get a little bit lost because you think the ball is supposed to be gone by now. So you start to like relax a little bit, and now he's throwing – uh, you know, forty yard bomb by you and stuff like that. So we got to be just on our, you know, like we like we said earlier, discipline, discipline, discipline on the defensive side of the ball. 
no matter what the score is, this team's going to play for four quarters. They've had more fourth quarter touchdowns and comebacks on teams that thought they had them uh, put away than I think uh, most seasons have all season long. So um, Tom is just a good coach like that. I mean, he, he's, he's rarely had a losing season. I think he may have never had a losing season, actually. Yeah. And he's looking for that eighth win to uh, keep that tradition going. So he's going to have that team playing with a lot of pride. I think they're going to come here and start the game. Uh, but after getting punched in the mouth a few times, I think that our team is going to be the team that's a little bit more hungrier, a little bit more meaner. We're going we, to be handling our business, obviously protecting our chicken like we always do, and <laughs> do what we do. Yeah, I think this is a very, very dangerous team. It's a very tough game. Don't let the record fool you. Just because it's 6-6-1, six, six you're in a situation where this team is desperate. Their playoffs pretty much started last week. And they have some playmakers. You talked about Deontay Johnson and Claypool. You have Harris out of the backfield. They got some defensive weapons. Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, uh, Hayward, who's a beast. He's an animal on that defensive line and not afraid to be scrappy. I envision that there's going to be a couple of punches thrown, whether it's Trey Smith and, <laughs> yeah. and Cam Hayward. Yeah. I mean, those two guys are dogs going at it, and um, we need to be prepared. It's one of those games to me where one of those guys is going to get a flag. You're just going to have to eat it. Like, that's just the nature of the beast where we're at. You love for them to be disciplined and go to their corners after each and every play, but after being dogged against each other for 60-plus mm -hmm. plays, somebody's going to throw a punch. Somebody's going to do something extra, and we just hope that it's that we're, we're the first person so that – the second person gets caught. Yeah, you got a young pit bull and an old pit bull. The fact is, they both pit bulls. Yep. And neither one of them gonna gonna give up. So they're going it's gonna be a, a pi one way or another with them two guys when they get to going at it. And let's face it, I mean, Patrick Mahomes had a career day against the Steelers. Uh, where he had six touchdowns, and I believe he only had three incomplete passes. Uh, but the Steelers have won seven of the last ten matchups against the Chiefs. So. They have an identity. And one thing I always appreciated about the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's a blue-collar, steel town, and they have the same identity every single year. It didn't matter if it was Bill Cowher at the coach, Chuck Knoll, or now we have Mike Tomlin. They seem to always be consistent with how they approach, especially on the defensive side. So we have to be prepared for that. Um, they're kind of middle of the ground. If you look at stats, and you know as players we don't really get into it, that much, but if you look at the stats, they are middle of the ground except for sacks and red zone defense. Mm. And if you're talking about sacks and TJ Watt at 17 and a half, uh, you also have Cam Haywood, who's been phenomenal as well with seven sacks. Those sacks also have garnered dislodging the ball. So we got to protect Patrick, but we got to keep our eyes ahead. Don't look side to side at what the Patriots are doing, what's happening with the um with the cincinnati Bengals and other teams in the afc if we're going to keep that number one seed keep their eyes focused straight ahead and win at home like you're supposed to win the main thing is the main thing chiefs fan base to see a red come alive do not Merry sell Christmas. your tickets do not sell your tickets we want to see a red to be the whole lower level it's going to be a great weather those Steeler fans, they travel in groves and groves. Do not let it turn into uh, uh, Steeler land. This Christmas, Merry Christmas, everybody out there in the Chiefs kingdom. We really appreciate you. Have a blessed and Merry Christmas. Merry Peace. Christmas, y'all. 
This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 